Would you pray with me, please? Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still, that they and that we might hear from you. Amen. The wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, and full of mercy. So writes James, the brother of Jesus. The wisdom from above, pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy. Y'all take a double helping of that, please. I mean, who among us does not find that description inordinately refreshing? In our current moment, the world in which we live? Well, let's just say that wisdom is marked out by those traits is a preciously rare thing, to say the least. And exercising such wisdom doesn't just happen, you know. That is, we don't just decide to be people who respond with peacefulness rather than antagonism. Mercy rather than hostility, with gentleness rather than anger. These are not just in-the-moment decisions that we make. At least, not according to the Christian account of human nature, it's not. At least, certainly not according to James's perspective on things. Now, moments earlier in this letter, James enjoins his readers to, quote, rid ourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness. What a great phrase, rank growth of wickedness. Rid ourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save. The implanted word. Welcome it, James writes, with meekness. That is to say, with openness, with receptivity. For it, James is saying, it, the implanted word of God, the living spirit of God, it, James writes, has the power to save, the power to transform. That's what James says in chapter 1 of his epistle. And I turn back to James chapter 1 for this sermon, which is really about James chapter 3, for this following reason. The wisdom from above that James writes about in our scripture lesson from the third chapter the kind of wisdom that is pure and peaceable and gentle and merciful, 
The kind of wisdom that we all agree is much needed in our world today. This wisdom only springs forth, only bears fruit, only emanates from within us when we have first allowed it to be implanted. And this we must understand, and by this I mean this implantation, this we must understand is not a one-time proposition. Yes, we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord and we are saved. And yes, this is a confession that we make once and then spend the rest of our lives trusting in and building upon. But that's not what we are talking about here. We're not talking here about our original confession that Jesus is Lord. We're talking here about our daily desire to live as if Jesus is Lord. Those two things are not the same. This, this second, requires an altogether different kind of receptivity, an altogether different kind of openness than does our original initial Christian confession. For this requires a daily receptivity to the Word of God, a daily openness to being shaped by certain things and not by others. A daily openness to being discipled by Christ and not by the popular culture. And fostering this kind of openness within ourselves can be quite difficult indeed. For you see, as Christians, the soil of our hearts can be hardened to the Word of God, to the Spirit of God, without our even realizing it. Which is to say, as Christians, we can confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. But then daily resist the implantation of his word that has the power to transform us. Yes, as Christians, we can find ourselves bereft of the capacity to exercise peacefulness and gentleness and mercy. In fact, we can even become quite proud of ourselves for not exercising peacefulness and gentleness and mercy. All because we have failed to foster an openness to the Word of God, the Word that God wants to implant within us. Years ago, I read a line in an article that was written to ministers by a minister in which the author wrote, and remember, as ministers, we get to disciple our members in the way of Jesus for one hour each week while they are being discipled by cable news 24 hours a day. This article, mind you, was before the proliferation of smartphones and the attendant societal addiction to social media. 
my point in bringing up this haunting line? Well, my point is this. No matter what it is, some word is being implanted in us daily. And that word is shaping how we see everything else. Is it the word of God that has the power to transform us further and further into the likeness of Christ? Or is it words of an altogether different kind? Couple questions. Is the world really so much worse today than it was before, as I hear so many people say? Or is the difference mainly that now, unlike before, we have people in our ears and before our eyes every minute of every day telling us how much worse it is? It's a sincere question. Because, you know, that didn't used to happen to us until about 20 or 25 years ago. And then here's another question. Have you noticed other people, people you've known for years, decades, your entire lives, who are suddenly a little meaner, a little angrier, a little more violent, a little more mean-spirited? Have you noticed this even in yourselves? I'm sure you have. Almost all of us have. So here's the question. Is this coincidental that so many of us are becoming uglier, harsher versions of ourselves? Or could this be because our entire culture, and with it we as Christians, are being daily discipled by something altogether different than the way of Jesus? These are important questions. Is it possible that we are being daily discipled by something without even knowing it? Is it possible that we have grown resistant to the word God wants to implant in us and have become receptive instead to the implantation of words of bitterness and anger and a spirit of division? Such wisdom as this, James writes, speaking of supposed wisdom born of bitterness and anger and a spirit of division. Such wisdom as this, James writes, does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. And where there is such as this, he goes on, there will be disorder and wickedness of every kind. Wisdom from above, he says, and again I repeat, is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits. And a harvest of righteousness, he then concludes, is sown in and by the one who makes Peace. 
Again, I'll take a double helping of that, please. John Flavel, whose name I just mispronounced, a 17th century theologian, suggests that perhaps as Christians we will all be judged twice. Once when we die, and then a second time when the full consequences of our lives have finally played themselves out. And he goes on to say that this will not have occurred until the time comes when no living person remains who has been in some way touched by something that we have said or done in our lives. This is an enormously overwhelming thought. Not that we might face two separate judgments. Flavel was only being hyperbolic for the sake of his point with that part. But rather that our words and our actions live on so terribly long after they've been said or done. That snide remark. That cutting comment, that mean-spirited joke, that pointed barb, those don't just go forth and then disappear. No, they live on, fomenting a little less love and joy and kindness in the world. And those terse snubs, those cold interactions, those harsh exclusions and those sharp divisions, those don't just evaporate in the moment they're over. No, they perpetuate anger and bitterness and malice and scorn. And not just for days. And not just for years. And not just for a lifetime but for lifetimes. My word shall not return unto me void, saith the Lord in the book of Isaiah, but will accomplish my desire and that for which it is purposed. Well, neither will our words and our actions return void either, but will accomplish that toward which their spirit is aimed. Meanness sows meanness. Anger sows anger. Distrust sows distrust. Hatred sows hatred. Just as certainly as James teaches us that peace sows peace. Dear family, we no doubt live in troubled times. We live in a hurting world. And we are being daily discipled as to how it pertains to how we will respond to our present reality. The question is, are we as Christ followers opening the soil of our hearts to the word of God which has the power to transform Or are we opening ourselves up to words that have the power to destroy?
Which is it that is being daily implanted within us? Let us not only be Christians, dear family, but taking a note from James's letter, let us also be wise Christians. For our world needs this kind of wisdom now more than ever. Because what we do now will live long after we are gone. Love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Yes, let's ask for a double helping of those, please. So on this reign of Christ Sunday, let us along with the entire Christian church pray, Come Holy Spirit, come and penetrate our hearts and our minds and our souls and our spirits with your implanted word, which has the power to save. Amen. And as we sing this hymn of response, I will be down front.